0: Welcome grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. Tonight we're going to look at a couple of things, specific things that the church prayed for. We looked at um what a New Testament church should do last Sunday evening. Um, They should teach doctrine. They're not teaching doctrine. They're not a New Testament church. Um, They need to um, worship God and give glory to God. If they're not worshiping the Lord, they're not a New Testament church. And then they also need to pray. Okay, if you're not praying, it's going to be hard for... For you or your church to convince anybody that you're a Christian. (laughs) Because we ought to be praying. Let's get Acts chapter 1. And we will look at a few things tonight. This is not an exhaustive study, but we're going to... We're going to see some things. Acts chapter 1, verse 24. We're going to see that there is prayer for guidance. Look here, the Bible says, And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias. And he was numbered with the eleven apostles. We're going to touch on a couple of things tonight on this passage. But notice, sometimes our prayer is just for God's guidance. What do we do, Lord? (laughs) I don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. Lord, help us. Give us some guidance. You know, the more we trust in our own ways all the time, the more we tend to go astray because we trust in what we think is right. And we can't lose sight of the fact that as a New Testament church, as an individual Christian, sometimes you just got to ask the Lord for guidance and pray for that. The other thing I want to touch on tonight is let's look at How Matthias was chosen. The Bible says, and they gave forth their lots and the lot fell upon Matthias. (laughs) They're just gambling to figure out who. Casting lots, it was common among the Jews on important and difficult occasions. Just a little history here. And it was natural that the apostles should resort to it in this. David divided the priests by lot, 1 Chronicles 24, 5. The land of Canaan was divided by lot, Numbers 26, Joshua 15 through 17. Jonathan, the son of Saul, was detected as having violated his father's command and as bringing calamity on the Israelites by lot, 1 Samuel 14. Achan was detected by lot, Joshua 7. In these cases, the lot, The use of the lot was regarded as a solemn appeal to God and for His direct interference in cases which they could not decide themselves. See in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 33, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to give you some some stuff to think about. But the Bible says, the lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. So, The choice of an apostle was an event of the same kind and was regarded as a solemn appeal to God for God's direction and for God's guidance in a case which the apostles, from all accounts, they couldn't determine it on their own. They didn't know what to do. The manner in which this was done is not certainly known. The common mode of casting lots was to write the names of the person on a piece of stone or wood and put them in one urn and the name of the office or the portion or whatever it was on the others. These were then placed in an urn with other pieces of stone which were blank. The names were then drawn at random and also the other pieces. And this determined the case. The casting of a lot is determined by laws of nature as, re- as regularly as anything else. There is properly no chance in it. We do not know how a die may turn up. But this does not imply that it will turn up without any regard to rule or at haphazard. We cannot trace the influence of the influences which may determine either this or that side to come up. But still, it is done by regular and proper laws. So they had this casting of lots historically had laws to it. There was a way to do it. And according to the circumstances of position, etc. in which it is cast. Still, although it does not imply any special or miraculous interposition of providence, though it may not be absolutely wrong, in cases which cannot otherwise be determined to use the lot, yet it does not follow that it is proper often to make this appeal. And then it goes on. And so they had, historically, just giving you some background, now we don't know if, if they did it exactly like this in the Bible. It doesn't tell us. But what it says is, they prayed for guidance, and, the, and, and Matthias was picked by casting a lot. All right, let's get Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Let's see what else a church should pray for. Acts chapter 4, verse number. Let's start at verse 28. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold, their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness, they may speak thy word. You know what they're praying for? Boldness and for God to show His power. And we need that. We need that. Saturday was a good outreach. And there was a prayer meeting at the library at 1 o'clock. And we we, we did some good um, holding of Scripture signs from about 12 to Almost 1 o'clock. And there were Christians at the library praying for that outreach. And there were other folks down there as well. Christians, and they were being prayed for. Because it does take some boldness to get out because the crowd can be a little bit rough. And you almost think to yourself sometimes, i got to deal with this again. <laughs> and that's why you need Christians praying for you. Because if you think on it long enough you will talk yourself out of it and you'll justify it and in your head it'll make sense so that's why we need to pray not only for god's guidance but for boldness to actually stand up and do something for the lord and so we went back to the library at one o'clock and um Got to speak to the folks a little bit. And I said, um, one of the things I thanked them for was praying. I said, you know, be honest with you. I mean, we get prayed up before we start. But then I'm not praying the rest of the time. (laughs) It's hard. I mean, it's hard when you're going through something or you're in the midst of it. I'll just be honest. I'm not praying as much as I should be. But other Christians are then when I get my head clear and I don't have all this stress and worrying about you know, what person's going to come at me, all right, now I'm going to thank the Lord. Now I'm going to pray. And I know the Bible says pray without ceasing, but I'm sure you've ceased <laughs> the same as I have. But you know what? If Nathan's out witnessing and giving tracts out and one of the sisters in the church is praying and you know you just kind of keep that thing going where it just works together does. And it's a beautiful thing, but we need to pray for boldness. It's a good thing to pray for. All right, let's get James chapter number five. Let's see what else. The Bible says in James chapter 5, let's start at, all right, let's do verse number 13. Is any among you afflicted? Let them pray. You got a headache? You sick? You afflicted mentally or physically? God's got an idea. How about praying? (laughs) Then the Bible says, Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. You happy? Things going well in your life? How about giving God some praise? How about singing some psalms to Him? How about singing some hymns to Him? How about, thanks God. Then the Bible says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anointing him with oil, in the name of the Lord. And we, we've done that at, at home church and um, thinking of one person off the top of my head and that, that's a biblical thing to do. But what do we see? We see in James chapter 5, what should the church pray or how should it pray? Well, individually, if you're sick, if you're afflicted, pray. But then also we see um, praying on behalf someone corporately, a church, an entity corporately praying on behalf of someone, which is correct too. It's it's both that are done. But look look at the Bible. I want to take one little side trail here. The Bible says, Is any among you afflicted? And then the Bible then the Bible asks in verse number 14, is any sick among you? And we've all been in prayer meetings and we've all read through prayer lists and most of the prayer list, and I'm guilty of it as well. Lord, pray for Aunt Susie. Her big toe still hurts her. And oh, Lord, I had a tummy ache on Tuesday and it's tummy ache Tuesday coming again, Lord. And would you just. Afflictions hit, I know. And people get awful physical afflictions. I'm still praying for my brother that he doesn't have any cancer come back. But you start praying somebody gets cancer. They're afflicted physically. And those things should be on prayer lists. And those things should be prayed for. They should. But how often do we forget Or how often have we looked at a prayer list and it says, Billy Bob needs prayer. He needs more boldness. Joey, he says he needs prayer because he's struggling with lust. Susie needs prayer because she's just a coward when it comes to talking to people about the Lord. We don't see that pop up on many prayer lists. But look, those are issues of the heart. And if you are afflicted and if you are sick, it doesn't mean just physical, it doesn't exclude physical by no means. Believe me, I want prayer that my low back don't hurt as much as I want prayer. Lord, give me the right words to speak with the right attitude. Give me the right attitude, Lord. We need it both. But how often? You've been a Christian any length of time. You know half that list. It is. Now the fellows in their teens, and their 20s, and their 30s, they don't realize, and you pray that they do, fellows, Your prayer list is going to be completely different when you're 50, 60, 70, and 80. It is. And it's going to be filled with Lord, help me move my neck. (laughs) Lord, help my knees not crack every time I walk. Lord, help my eyeballs to work so I stop walking into walls. And that's what it's going to be. And if the young fellows and the young gals really get a hold of to really pray for not the physical because they don't have it. But Lord, give me the boldness. Lord, give me the right attitude. Lord, help me not be a coward. Lord, help me do things with the right attitude. Oh, we'd have such... that affliction would go away. We'd have not that type of sickness. Something to think about. Something to think about. Alright, let's look at how prayers are answered. Let's go to James. Let's flip back to chapter 4. How are prayers answered? James chapter 4. Verse number 3, the Bible says, "You ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. You know, some people just pray because they want stuff. If you go to the all-good diner, a quarter this big, 25 cents, the kids can put into the gumball machine and they turn the lever and two gumballs come out. 12 and a half cents per gumball. And you put it in your mouth and you look like a chipmunk. And that's how some people pray Lord, give me. I put my 25 cents in, Lord. I put my prayer in, Lord. Now give me. It's not not the right hard attitude. We can come to the Lord. We can can put our petition before Him. We can ask. Let's not ask amiss. Let's not have a hard attitude that's just, Lord, give me. Give me. Give me. How many of you go to your parents when you don't want something? You go to your parents. If you only go to your parents when you want something, you're only going to go to God when you want something. Get into the habit now praying. Right heart attitude. All right, let's get 1 John chapter number. Let me make sure I got that right. 1 John 5. And we will do verse number 14. The Bible says in this... Well, let's back up. Verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Is there any doubt about it, boys and girls? If you trust the Lord Jesus Christ... He wants you to know that you know that you know that you know that you have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him. I know I've got eternal life. And you know what that knowing gives me? Oh, it gives me confidence like nothing else gives me. That. If we ask anything, He heareth us. Is that what it says? If we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. You know, We don't always know what God's will is in specific matters. You got two two answers, and both of them seem right. But you got to make a choice. Just because we concluded, it doesn't mean it's God's will. Just because we muster it up and have a strong conviction about it, it doesn't mean it's God's will. It's just easier to blame God on stuff. (laughs) So what do you do? We have to have faith to know that if our petition is aligned with the will of God, we'll have it. And if not, be okay with it. Be okay with it. You know, what did we see in verse 13? You got eternal life. What do you see in verse 14? We've got that gives you so much confidence in Him. So why, if God's answer to your prayer doesn't line up with exactly the way that you wanted it to go, can't we be okay with that? We've got eternal life. We've got confidence to come to God. And if we ask anything according to our will or His will, He heareth us. He heareth us. All right, Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8. Now, if you're a child, you know that mom cleans up some messes for you, doesn't she? Something spills, and who's there to clean up the mess? (laughs) Mommy. And if you're a husband, you know that your wife cleans up your messes. You say something wrong, she's there to pick up the pieces. You have a conversation with somebody and you come across the way that, you know, you like to come across, but you know really isn't the right approach. She'll clean up the mess. <laughs> Let me help you out. And yeah, My husband, he's really not that way. Just... You know that, right? You know that? All right. Let's look at Romans chapter 8. Verse number 26 Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Sometimes we don't know what to pray for. And sometimes we botch the prayer so bad that the Holy Spirit says, let me clean that up for you before it gets to God the Father. Let me help you out a little bit and clean up your little mess and make it all filtered out fine. And praise God for the Holy Spirit. And just like a mother would clean up the little child's mess... And just like a good wife would cover her husband's bases, the Holy Spirit says, Yeah, you blew it. Let me filter it out and clean it up before it goes to God. And praise his name. Praise his name. That's the Holy Spirit. Kids, you know, he's a real person. He's He's part of the Trinity. Amen. All right. Prayer, just like doctrine. And prayer, just like giving glory to God and worshiping God, which we talked about last Sunday evening, should all bring unity to a church. A local church, body of believers. That's what it should do. That's what it should do. How about some more? How about some gifts given to the church? That's something we're going to look at let's go back to James chapter number one so you're saved and you think that you're qualified to serve God but you're not without something you're not You're not qualified to serve God after you're saved without the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's who we need to depend on. And it is a great blessing because God has gifted all believers with gifts. Some one, some two, some three, some multiple gifts for our own personal service? No, no, no. For His service. And you know what's humbling about that? None of us have reached the mark. And God says, Look, I saved you. I am going to gift you and I am going to enable you to be equipped to serve me. Really, Lord? All the stuff that I did? Really, Lord? All the stupid stuff that I'm continuing to mess up? Yes. But you're not going to rely on you. Because you're a dummy, (laughs) okay? You're going to rely on me and the gifts that I have given you so that you can use those gifts to serve me. I don't want to to serve my mom and dad. They're me. And you know what? You won't. I don't want to serve God. He's just me. And you know what? You won't serve God but if you yield to the holy spirit and you use the gifts that god has given you if you're saved you have gifts you can be equipped to serve him and all oh, to be so glorious because it won't be you and your strength alone it'll be god gifting you now james chapter 1 verse number 17 the bible says every good gift And every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. The source of the gifts are God by His divine nature, not human nature or effort. I'm talented. We're not talking about your talent. I have physical gifts. We're not talking about your physical gifts. Get that out of your head. We are talking about God divinely gifting you and you and I yielding to that. That's the source of the gifts. They're given by God. Alright, let's get First Corinthians chapter number 12. Verse number 4. Very, very simple. Now, there are diversities of gifts. But the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Everybody doesn't have the same gift. But you know what we have? The same God. We have the same Spirit. It's about being in union with Christ, not about having uniformity. We don't all have the same gift. But what if we all in this room do have the same gift? There are diversities of operations it may not all look the same way. That gift, if we all do have the same gift, it's not going to all come out and look exactly the same way. If we all have the gift of helps, I'm not helping the same people my wife's helping. And if I am, I'm probably not helping them in the same way. And I'm not helping the same people Nathan is helping. Or in the same way. But you know what? We all have that same gift of helps. It doesn't have to be boxed. We just need to yield to the Spirit and use the gift. All right, let's see. Let's go down to verse number 28. And God hath set some in the church. First, apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. We have an order of importance. See, first, apostles, there's an order here. Second, third. These gifts were given to members of the body of Christ. Look at verse 31. The Bible says, but covet earnestly the best gifts. That's got to mean that some gifts are better than others. Covet the ones that will accomplish the best. We'll circle back to tongues in a second. This is not a message on tongues, but we'll circle back to that. Well, let's, let, let's do it now. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Let's see. What do I want to do? 14. Uh, verse number 3. 1 Corinthians 14, verse number 3. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that you all spake with tongues, but rather that you prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edification. Somebody comes in, Scooby-Dooby-Doo, Yabba-Dabba-Doo, Who are you? No, who are you? Because nobody can interpret the junk you're saying. And look, tongues was in a transitional period and it was always used to confirm the Word. We don't need to confirm the Word anymore, folks. We've got it right here. We've got a more sure word of prophecy. We, there is no reason for tongues. The gift of tongues, do I believe in it? Yes. But I believe it went out. And what should we do? Covet earnestly the best gifts. Where should the edification fall? On the individual or on the church? Okay, on the church. If you're going to speak another language, well, why if nobody else here is speaking that language? And two, there's nobody here to interpret. Anyway, we're not preaching on tongues, but just so you know, I don't speak in tongues. No, I do. The English tongue. How about two more verses? Ephesians chapter number 4. Talking about gifts. Gifts. Uh, Ephesians chapter number 4, verse number 8. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Verse number 11. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. You've been given a gift. The church should benefit from it. You should be exercising your gift or gifts. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. I want to get better. Please use your gift so I can. You want to get better. We should all use our gift. For the work of the ministry. Well, it's the preacher's job. Not according to the Bible. It's not only the preacher's job. For the edifying of the body of Christ. And what does it bring? Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking truth in love may grow up into Him in all things which is the head even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working, in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Whew, that's one long sentence, amen? That's a lot of good truth right there, and that's a lot of good reason to use our gifts. Alright, last verse, and then I will land the plane. I will be done. Let's go to Romans chapter number 12. I don't need, it's just me and God. I I don't need uh, any other believers. It's just, I don't need to go to church. Where in the Bible does it say you have to go to church? Okay, buddy. Verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. We individually cannot get done for the Lord what we can get done for the Lord If we don't have other believers surrounding us and us benefiting from their gifts, I don't need to be in church. Okay, well, some teacheth. How are you going to get taught if you don't have that gift? So there's your verse for being in church. There's your verse for being around other believers. We have different gifts. We don't all have the same gift. How are we going to how are we going to grow? If I'm not around you, how am I going to benefit from the spiritual gifts that God has given you so that I can grow in the Lord? How am I going to learn to be a true patient Christian if I'm not around another believer that has the ability to help me by Him using His gift, whether it's teaching me or helping me. We need to be around each other. We need to be around other believers. We need to be in church. That helps us to be around other believers. You help me. I help you. We help each other. And God says, you know what? That's unity. That's how a New Testament church should work. I'm not expecting you to have the gifts I have. You shouldn't expect me to have the gifts that that you have. But we should all try to edify each other. And as we get edified, we can do more work, not for us, but for the Lord. And I'm thankful. as much evangelism as we try to do, I, I thank the Lord before we start and I ask Him for His safety and His blessing. And afterwards, I pray that at least one soul gets saved and someone would, it would just go to their heart and they would really want to. And I do. I pray before, after, rarely during because I'm. some of the outreaches have been... But if we get comfortable... Just relying on our physical talent. All that stuff goes out the window. And you're a Christian, and I'm a Christian by name only. We've got to rely on the Holy Spirit and His gifted enabling us. We do. All right. Let's bow and let's thank Him. Thank You, Lord, for giving us all gifts. Lord, thanks for Your Bible and the truth that's in it. and Thanks, Lord, that You've showed us in Your Bible why to pray, how to pray, things to pray for, and why it's so important for a church to pray. Help us to lean on You, Lord. Help us to really use our gifts. We ask that we would do that this week. We ask that In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.